suddenly it had gone bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was so sad. I was yeah. so sad. Oofa doofa. You're fine now. No, I'm great. Appendixless and fine. Hi there, welcome to If It's Gay We Play. Uh, the podcast where we talk about Kai's previous surgical procedures. We've done, this is the second opening in like three weeks where it started in media res, us talking about I think about this is Kai's great. Appendix. I think it's a great thing. I think Aaron's doing it on purpose because Kai, he thinks Kai's it's good. Appendix fan well, it is good. It's a like <laughs> yeah. in media res. No, it's I was true. just talking about the, the repetitive, uh, the motif, if you will, of, of the, the appendix. appendix. Now, what well, did you say you had eaten of Kai's? What? What? They're <laughs> their appendix. Uh, no, it they was. They let you have it? I wanted it. Uh, yeah, it was their uh, uh, vegan van leftovers because yeah. today the vegan van was back, back at Nooch for the mm-hmm. first time in a few months, and it was the first time I'd had them since the day that Kai went to the hospital, which started out as an awesome day where we sat in it our was backyard such a good kiddie day. pool. Pound and LaCroix. And drank beer and LaCroix. I did not drink any beer because my tongue felt weird. Uh, went to the vegan van, and it was the ho- it was that was the hottest day on record in Denver. It was. And it was it was so, so incredibly sexy. sexual. And then that day ended with Kai going to the hospital and Hannah staying up until four ish in the morning, and then going uh, to work the next day. And going to work the next day. Everyone's better judgment, including the nurses. The nurse was like, "You've been up really late. Are you sure you don't want doctors now?" And I was like, "I'm fine. I need to go to work." And my bosses later were like, "Yeah, you shouldn't have gone. To you work shouldn't that have gone day. to work. Yeah, you didn't screw everything." No, I was fine. I, I was snippier than fine usual. fine on, like, low sleep, but, but yeah, she'll be very snippy. I've spent my whole life uh, working so, on, like, no sleep. So. so we've said our names several times now, but I'm Kai. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. I'm Anna. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And This uh, is Aaron. He's our producer. Hi. My pronouns are he, him, his. And he's Aaron. And he's Aaron. <laughs> Here Fabulous. he is. I'm so excited about it. Uh, we've got some business to get through, but oh, first yeah. I just want to announce two things Go that we're going to talk about. Number one is we finally watched the Adventure Time finale. Yes, oh my and god, we're gonna we talk did. about it. And then the second thing is that uh, we pre-ordered and got pre-access to Assassin's Creed Odyssey and have been playing it, and it's fucking amazing so far. Yeah, it's so good. We're gonna we'll it's talk about the, that more later. We're just the best game. Um, but first of all, we've got you know our bookkeeping. Um, Kai, uh, what is the gayest thing you've done this week? Well, I actually have a um uh, a kind of like call out corner emendation station oh uh, we have a call out corner i did okay reference. yeah we have a call out corner yeah 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 um something that i got from one of our listeners um aj marcus that oh, they we sent got to feedback. us yeah That's we cool. got we, it was it was a feedback about um our discussion about uh blanket bisexuality and producer aaron's question uh-huh. um and they were saying that uh will you pause will you explain what blanket bisexuality means well what aaron was talking about last time which is the the fact that like all of the characters in um what is that divinity divinity original sin original sin 2 uh all the all the characters are like not monosexual they're bisexual or pansexual as in they can be attracted to your right they can be attracted to protagonist your protagonist regardless i know what you mean um, by blanket bisexuality i know you I know no that's thank you i appreciate that that was that was the term that aj used um and something that they said like really resonated with me and i felt like i wanted to bring it up again on the podcast and i thought call out corner was the best section for that um they said normalizing is great, but if they don't discuss it, then some people might never notice because they know one too many straight men who are oblivious to queerness that isn't spelled out. Yeah, that's fair. And that and that really made a lot of sense to me, especially yeah. in relationship to like the thoughts that I was having mm-hmm. when when we were having that discussion. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up and thank AJ for their contribution. Yeah, thank you, AJ. Yeah, I think that's a great point because I do I do think that that going in that direction is among the right answers. Like, I, I like the notion of normalizing it, but I do think that it 
there, I mean, more games across the board need to specifically address it. Yeah, well, I think in order to normalize it. it, we have to name it, you know? Like, yeah, that's I a agree. big function of normalization. Um, so, anyway, yeah, thank you. This has been Call It Corner. Um, yeah. What's, Wonderful. What's the gayest thing you've done this week? I am just so still, like, not, like, angry, but, like, mildly frustrated about about the situation today at like massage therapy school that I, I just like the 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 most the the gayest thing I've done this week was felt like um very 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 gender angry about the repeated discussion of like uh women's bodies being associated with like having breasts or like not having breasts and like and talking about gender in a very essentialist way that was just very frustrating to me because you know, I'm, I'm in massage therapy school and we learn anatomy and like massage techniques. Right. And, uh, a lot of anatomy is very, um, cis normative as well as gender essentialist. And then a lot of massage therapy has been, you know, done for a very long time. And they have like these norms and these regulations and these rules that are not friendly or kind to trans bodies. And that's part of the reason why I want to get into the field is to help with that. But man, was it just so obnoxious today when everybody was like, uh, drape a woman's chest, but don't drape a man's chest. Like, women are have wider hips, and men don't have wider hips. And it's like, everyone's body is different. And there are plenty of, I'm sure, like, men or not women who would appreciate having their chest draped or who have, like, breast tissue. Um in breast tissue does not make you a woman. So like, I, I don't know. That's the gayest thing I've done this week was just be really frustrated about that today that. and yeah. deal with that. And then I, Oh, actually, okay. Gayest thing I've done this week was, um, after that situation, I decided to listen to all of Hedwig and the angry inch on the way home and just blasted it and sang it a lot. And that was very gay. That I would say. Gay. Thank you. You also taught. Class. Oh, I also taught a class. Um, I uh, I was a guest presenter in one of my old professors' class at university. Um, she is teaching my script, Transbender, as a part of her syllabus now. Um, I hope that noise doesn't make it into the no, podcast. No, it's going to. Yeah, I have, no, it's in there. It's I'm so there. sorry. That's our extremely loud washing machine. Boy, okay. Well, I... Somebody left the signal on. Oops. It was Kai. It was me. I, um, yeah, I guess taught this class. I did a portion of the script and I just answered the students' questions about, um, not only the process of writing, directing, and acting in your own script that's like autoethnographic, which is autobiographical but with a critical lens, um, but also about gender and like my identity as a non binary lesbian, uh, as well as identifying as trans. And the, there are still so many questions that a lot of young people have about what it means to be trans and what your experiences are, especially with medically transitioning, because that's such a, um, that's such a relatively new thing. I know that we've been doing it since like the early 1900s, but it's, that's so relatively new and a lot of it is kind of untested. So a lot of these kids had questions about like, what it felt like emotionally to be on testosterone and like what those changes are. And one young person even admitted to being uncomfortable around trans women, but not trans men and wanted to explore that like in the classroom setting, which was just like so cool. So that was very good. Yes. Thank you for reminding me of that. You're welcome. Um, What's the gayest thing? Oh, before I answer that question, I forgot that I wanted to have a a call out corner for myself. It's not really a call out corner. Just it's more of an emendation station. 
Um, Thank you for finally getting on board. I'm not entirely on board. I just feel like they're different things. Okay. Like, this is more of an emendation than a call out. All right, fair. Uh, Is that at the end when I was saying, like, maybe I'm bisexual, I was thinking about it more, and I think that that... Hold on. I'm drinking LaCroix. Mm. It's uh, carbonation, really. Really gets you. It really gets me. Um, That uh, I think that that accurately describes my sexuality, but I don't think it accurately describes my, like, I don't think that that's, uh, it describes, like, my identity, and I don't want to, like, feel like I'm, like, appropriating the identity of a community that I don't feel like I, like, identify with or I'm a part of, necessarily. You have just said such a fascinating thing in the realm of understanding the different facets of identity. I want to explore that more at a later time, because that's just... That's really interesting to me. The fact that um, I feel like we're kind of getting to a place where identity, like sexual-based identity, can be something different than sexuality, can be something different than gender identity. Well, yeah, I feel like like my identity is as a lesbian, and you've sort of talked about that even though you're attracted to different genders, like you identify as a lesbian because of various reasons, you know what I mean? Well, even though I'm attracted to men, I don't. I choose not to be with them or Um, do anything like like that. And, like, for me, like, I've talked about how, like, lesbian is almost as much a political identity as anything. Like, I think I've talked about here, too, how I, like, for me, like, vegan is as much of a political identity as anything. Mm -hmm. Because you could eat a plant-based diet but not have the politics that go along with that and not be for, like, workers' rights and, like, especially farm workers' rights. There's a lot of people who are vegan, who are quote-unquote vegan, Vegan, who don't care about Yeah, and, like, don't, you know, recycle or have any other, like, ecologically friendly practices and that kind of thing. Um, And that, to me, isn't veganism. It's just a plant-based diet. Ooh, also, there's a lot of people who are vegan who are not at all, like, anti-racist. Which is horrific. Yeah, that's outrageous. Um, And so vegan, for me, is, like, a political identity, and, like, lesbian functions in a similar way um, in a lot of ways. That feels almost like reclaiming lesbian, like every woman can be a lesbian, like lesbianism as a choice and a political identity from the 1970s TERFs, because they meant that in a very different way than I think. Yeah, I, I think it also now. describes my sexuality and like how I choose for my sexuality to function, but like I think sure. my attraction can be, and who knows, this might yeah. change over time, but like can be described by the way that Wendy defined bisexuality. Yeah. Like, I'm attracted to myself. <laughs> to myself. I'm attracted to myself. Autosexual. Uh, yeah. Attracted to uh, my own uh, and other genders. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to go back and not say reclaim. I just want to say, like, expand upon. Yeah, sure. Because I definitely don't think that 1970s radical lesbians were all wrong. No. There were things were... that... There were a lot wrong. Yeah. There was just a lot of things that they did for the movement well, and a lot of people who used wrong. to be... Well, yeah. That, well, there's some people that are yeah. all wrong. Trump is all Um. So, uh, Hannah, what's the gayest thing you've done this week? Um, I think, oh, fuck me. I had an answer for this just now. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you did. Why does this always have to be specifically on this podcast? Like, I think it's like. You are so good at talking every other time, except for on this podcast. It's like stage anxiety, because the minute you ask me a specific question, uh, I, like, joking. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I've never done anything. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Uh, That's a part of my job. I have to look at you and talk to you. Well, you technically don't have to look at me. Well, I do have to look at you if I want to understand what you're saying. Right. Even though I'm behind a spit screen. Well, I can actually see behind the spit screen. Oh, I see. Uh, the gayest thing I've done this week, mm-hmm. besides buy a couple of cowl neck hoodies, which is something that Those I've Those are very worn. powerfully homosexual. Um, fuck, what was it? 
wasn't watch Mean Girls. Oh, it was watch the Adventure Time finale and cry like a small That's child. That's a great segue into talking yeah. about the Adventure can we Time talk finale. About the Adventure, how much? Okay, so maybe we can just do a spoiler alert because the Adventure Time finale came out like a month ago. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Time. Came out September 3rd. Time. Yeah, time. I know. As some, as many people on Instagram have said, September was two weeks long. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I was like, didn't that just come out? I'm like, yes, but it came out a month ago. Dude, it was my birthday for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so spoilers, 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 spoilers for the Adventure I'm gonna, Time finale. I'm spoilers for the Adventure Time finale. If you don't want the Adventure Time finale spoiled, uh, skip until such a time as we say, okay, stop skipping. Great, great. Okay. Wait, you have to give them. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, turn it off. Okay. Go. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually going to talk about the plot of the Adventure Time finale, and if you haven't watched it, do not listen to this. Okay. Um. So, I'm just amazed by how Cartoon Network. So, in the Adventure Time finale, uh, now I actually want to tell it this way. Um, Cartoon Network uh has done a complete 180 on how they depict sexual like how they allow sexuality to be depicted in their shows um and there's a lot of problems with cartoon network like they canceled young justice because it had primarily woman fans or like young women as fans uh they canceled the show young justice because they basically were like oh we can't market these action figures to young boys we're canceling the show um there's i like read articles about this i'm just pulling that out of my ass um and when the episode what was missing which is one of my favorite episodes of Adventure Time with the song What's Your Problem. Was that season two or season three? Season three uh, came out uh, years ago, however long ago that was. Seven. Okay. Um, <laughs> they, it does not matter, uh, a number of years ago, they uh, that episode came out where there was a lot of like romantic tension between Marceline and Bubblegum and like very perceptible if you were a queer person. Mm-hmm. And the internet yeah, was definitely. freaking out about it. Um, and cartoon like there was this like video of olivia olsen who is the marceline's voice actress um at a comic con of some sort she was like doing a panel at some comic convention and uh was talking about how this was like on video talking about how she was like well what's my motivation for this scene basically and pedals was like oh they used to like marceline and bubblegum used to date Mm -hmm. and olivia olsen was like oh that makes total sense um and Cartoon Network went on the fucking war path after that video was posted on the internet to get the video taken down. There was some like semi-official thing associated with Cartoon Network. It was like some YouTube review series or something um, where the hosts like speculated about Marcelina Bubblegum's relationship and Cartoon Network had that taken down. Like it had every piece like fan art they couldn't really do anything about, but like that kind of stuff where it was like legitimized by anything associated with the network. Uh, they like went crazy taking down yeah, yeah. this whole thing and I remember it was on Tumblr at the time and uh pushes up glasses <laughs> I was on Tumblr at the time I'm not proud of that um so fast forward to now watching the Adventure Time finale when after years of amazing relationship development between Marceline and Bubblegum mm-hmm. with the episode Varmints through the Steak series and then after that and just like little hints and here and there and like Marceline and Bubblegum holding hands and like uh, Marceline's dad, Hans and Abadir, uh, appears in an episode and Finn or he like asks Finn is like, is Marceline dating anyone? And Finn's like, maybe. <laughs> um, and all these things until the finale when uh, this really cute thing happens and like Marceline saves Bubblegum. 
And then they kiss right on the dang mouth. Right in the mouth, and it makes a big old smack yeah, noise. Yeah, it's like not just like a little kiss. It's like they like mac on each other right on the yeah, dang mouth. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and I cried from then on, pretty much. I, I was about to say that, yeah, I, I actually started crying the second that that happened, and then... I did not stop crying yeah. until way past the episode was over just, and like, Aaron left. Also, I Aaron watched the episode with us. I still can't. Oh, oh. oh whoa. I, st- <laughs> I still can't really believe that I saw that with my own two eyes on Cartoon Network. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, like it, we watched it on Amazon. Like it, yeah, so but still. The show was officially canceled in 2017 and then just came out in short bursts until the finale. Um, so it wasn't. I'm assuming the episode was aired on Cartoon Network, but we watched it online mm-hmm. like a month later, obviously. Um, and I just cannot believe that I was watching that. Like, I still can't believe that after years and years, it's the most satisfying relationship build I've ever experienced because it was it's it's it was legitimately showcasing how these people who had once had this relationship and had this falling out mm-hmm. rebuilt this relationship over, over the course years. of years, yeah, um, basically from scratch, and the way that that changed and grew and and evolved and matured with the characters like especially mm-hmm. during stakes um being marceline's like big character arc yeah um was really 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 incredible like everything leading up to that moment the adventure time finale was phenomenal like it, it was it, so it good paid and off the song at the end in pretty much every way i could imagine it paying off bmos sings this song towards the end that i was just crying crying and that i was just <laughs> I cried a lot. Yeah. Um, I had to physically stop myself from not, like, openly sobbing, like, with yeah. noises. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would have been distracting for everyone amazing. else. Like, it was it, so it, good. It was just, I haven't felt that way about at the end of a piece of media. Like, obviously, the end of Harry Potter, but uh, when I watched Susan's Comet um, after that came out, and I wept, and I, I was the only person I really knew who was into Avatar at the time, because mm-hmm. um, it was in that, like, limbo age where, like, we were, like, I don't know, 15, 16 so it like wasn't cool to like cartoons, yeah. you know. It like it was. It's you like cartoons when you're a kid, and then it's not cool to like cartoons when you're a teen. I remember. And I then remember as an adult, that. you can start liking cartoons, whatever you want. Supposedly kid shit again, um, or you just never stop liking cartoons if you're me. Um, but uh, yeah, watching Susan's comment, and then I would just watch it all the time after that. I like downloaded it onto my iPod Touch so I could watch it in class and shit. Um, and this felt in the way that Susan's Comet did, felt like such a perfect wrap-up to the series. And, like, it's years, and I, I... It's years of my life, like, that I've been loving this property. Like, a giant tattoo on my arm of Marceline. Like, it's it's just this show is such a huge part of, like, my identity in a lot of ways. Um, and it was just really amazing to see that wrap-up and uh, the Marceline Bubblegum relationship coming to a canonical... <laughs> fruition was so amazingly fulfilling in i like ways that i don't even think i can articulate like it was so incredible to watch it's been really nice for me um coming back to adventure time because the last time that i watched adventure time like dedicatedly was when it first came out and uh it was andrew's favorite show and i would watch it with him all the time and um i don't know if i've actually mentioned this on the show uh andrew is my dead like significant other best friend person um like we had a very weird relationship but we we used to watch that all the time together but then after he passed I just like dropped the show and I could not watch it again because it was too um emotionally raw for me to have to like experience that over and over again uh and 
for many, many years, like, um, people like Hannah or other people would try to get me to watch it again, and I tried, and I just could not do it still. And we started watching it again this year. Uh, I started watching it with you, and first by myself, and that was, like, really good for me. And the fact that, like, this was when it ended just felt very, um... I'm making a hand, a hand motion. motion that's sort of like their hands are like two clamshells. Or like one of, do you ever, did you ever one of those like memory puzzles that was like a big ball and all the pieces looked like this and you had to like put the yeah. pieces together to form yeah, a ball? Yeah, it feels like that. If it's like that. Very, very, um, I, what's a, what's a, what's the word for ending that I'm thinking of? Closure? It's got a lot of closure. It's cathartic. Maybe cathartic. I, I don't know, but that's that's good enough. I'll take it. it was like yeah, it was very, it was very, it was very good. Um, and yeah, it's that's the only part they're really gonna spoil because you should really watch it. It's it's you this whole like apocalyptic it. thing, and uh, I, the biggest spoiler I don't even want to reveal because of like people might not skip or whatever about Ice King. The the end of Ice King's arc is beyond perfect. Yeah. Um, the end of everyone's arc is beyond perfect. It's so good. Um, anyway, so stop. You can start listening again. We're not going to talk about the Adventure Time finale anymore. If you'd been skipping it, now is your cue to come back. Welcome back to the show. Hello. Uh, Hannah saw tracks. Yeah, I, uh, yep. That was my very long answer to what's the gayest thing I've done this week. It's TLDR, watch the Adventure Time finale. It was gay. Cried a bunch. Um, uh, Hannah saw tracks. <laughs> what you listening to this week, Hannah? I've been listening to mostly 90s hip-hop at work. Mm. Um, and the song, it's obviously not new hot tracks. The song I've been listening to most is uh, Diggable Planets, Where I'm From. I love mm-hmm. that song. Um, I've been listening to a lot of stuff. But uh, I'll just put on, like, Gangstar Radio and just let it go. Uh, but that song rules. It came out the year that I was born, which cool. I know because for my 16th birthday, my stepdad made me a CD of songs that came out in 1993. <laughs> That's very cute, yeah. actually. And I wasn't really equipped to appreciate most of the music on it, and some of the music sucked. It was like Pearl Jam or some bullshit. But uh, Diggable Planets was on there. Uh, and I used to like Pearl Jam. Yeah, we all used to like Pearl Jam, Kai. <laughs> We've all been into grunge for five minutes. Um, and yeah, that's my hot track for this week. Um, so what we're playing the main segment is the main segment same thing uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey yeah this is the rest of the show it's entitled top 10 reasons welcome to the rest of the show top 10 reasons why Assassin's Creed Odyssey has already made Hannah cry do you do you have a list of 10 reasons prepared I'm uh, no (laughs) okay so I I never have prepared anything I know I know this oh boy episode I prepared something well, yeah, that's that's the one the time. The first episode, I wrote, read like a bunch of articles. I remember. Um, I would also like to point out that I'm drinking. I know I was gonna do that when we were talking about it, but then I forgot. Marijuana tea. Oh. And it's uh, it's tea. It's tea well, with marijuana in it, so it's entirely possible that I will be very high by the end of this. Episode. Well, you're drinking a out of a uh, Marceline mug oh, yeah, I'm that your your very wonderful and that kind friend, cool friend got you got me from Amsterdam. Amsterdam. I wonder who would do something so nice. I don't know. Some uh, asshole, I bet. Listen, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is at everything I want. So far, I've played like four hours of it, maybe. Yeah. Because I went outside. This is maybe the other gayest thing I've done this week. I've been taking my cat outside a lot because she yells at the door. She yells. Um, pretty constantly. And she's never allowed outside without her leash because we live in a city and we're responsible parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but she loves being on her leash. 
and she's a very scaredy cat. She like won't go past the bounds of our property, but she's been being very brave. And today she's we stayed outside for like an hour. Like she did not want to go back inside. And normally she can be out for like twenty minutes, and then she gets spooked and runs inside. Uh, but today she was out there for like an hour, and she was I'm just so sitting in the grass. And she went in the bush, and I pulled her out of the bush, and she hissed at me. She got up to the um, telephone pole on the oh, wow. corner of our sidewalk, which is like fifteen feet from our front door, but just farther than she normally goes, and uh, scratched it a bunch. Great. Um, it was great. I was really proud of her. <laughs> she so did such a good job. So anyway, can we go back to talking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey now? After that, I played Assassin's now? Creed Odyssey for the rest um, of the afternoon. <laughs> I purchased it yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, and I want to hear you talk a little bit more. I remember when we uh, had first seen it announced. You were very excited about some of the spellings and like the uh, the fact that it felt very Greek. Mm-hmm. And tell me about how you feel that that is uh, continued throughout Hi, actually playing I'm your it. Friendly neighborhood Greek. Hello, Hannah Elizabeth. Yep. Um, that's you. That's me. And uh, I like how saying I could literally say my full name on this podcast, and you still wouldn't be able to find me because I'd be like the fiftieth person under my name that would come up if you tried to Google me. Probably. I'm not going to, but I could. There was another person with my entire full name in my pediatrician's office growing up. First, middle, and last. That's bananas. Um, so it's awesome. That's one of the reasons. It is in no particular order. One of the reasons it's already made me cry is um, it's amazing. Like, all I looked it up. All of the principal voice actors are Greek. Like, amazing. They actually, they went through the effort and the trouble to find Greek people to play Greek characters, which was pretty fantastic like that doesn't really happen that Mm -hmm. happened in like my big fat greek wedding but usually it's like they'll be like the stupid greek friend or it'll be the movie hercules where they couldn't even bother to use the greek form of the name hercules which is heracles yeah um and like in the movie i've always had this problem and i don't i think it's legitimate with the movie hercules where um herc is like very like all-american white red white boy he's like Mm -hmm. blonde and blue-eyed um i thought he had red hair he has like auburn hair, but regardless, okay. and he's got these yeah, like, no, very it still like doesn't matter. I just features. thought I was misremembering. Yeah, Continue. no, he's not blonde. You're right. He's like he's got like ruddy, but he is brown very hair. like Anglican. Yeah, yeah, uh, all these like very like Anglican Western European features, yeah. um, and all the like dumb villager side characters in the movie have like curly frizzy hair and like hooked noses and like look, look Greek. Greek. Yeah, um, and that bothered really has always really bothered me about sure. the movie. Um, Anyway, and in, in uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, everybody looks super Greek. Yes, uh, they do. Everybody sounds super Greek, mm-hmm. and surprise, it's because they are Greek. Even Wild. Even not actually, like, the Cassandra's voice actor is uh, Greek-Canadian, so I know that she's actually from Greece, but I'm for, as far as I could tell from just cursory Googling, the act, most of the voice actors, like, speak Greek, at mm-hmm. least in some capacity, like, raised in Greek families, um, and they all have, like, there's, like, a voice actor with the name Papadopoulos, which is my mom's dermatologist's name <laughs> uh it's like very it's just greek as greek can be i want to look up the, the cassandra's voice actor's name hold hold please <laughs> it should be my very recent google search i i bet you're gonna be uh, fine melisani where is it where'd it go melisanti mahut is her name wow and uh yeah so it's all names like that are the voice actors um all the names in it uh in the game 
Um, it's all like spelled correctly. Mm-hmm. Like Phoebe, the who's like a little girl who like is your pal. I don't really know what she, the deal is she, so far. We don't know yet, but, but she's, she's great. your friend. Yeah, she's, uh, she's your friend, and she's great. And uh, the name is like spelled in like it's all like original Greek spellings. Um, they curse in Greek, which is so great. Aaron farted. <laughs> which you probably didn't want me to tell you. Yeah, you didn't have to tell everyone. I didn't have to, but it was really funny, so I did. <laughs> now he's pouting. Um, but yeah, that's reason number one. It's already made me cry. Is the attention to detail in terms of cultural accuracy mm-hmm. so far? Like I'm not from Greece, and I was raised in a family that I don't like resent it because it's not it's not like worth resenting. But like I wish that I had been raised more in my Greek culture. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was raised Greek Orthodox and she like had to go to Greek school. And if you've seen my big fat Greek wedding, she had to do all that shit. That's how it is. Um, and, uh, you know, where she goes to the Greek school and then she goes to school with her Moussaka and the kids make fun of her. Like that's how my mom grew up. Um, and so I think she gained, I don't know this, but I think she gained a certain amount of resentment towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, my aunt was more like in tune with the whole thing, and we kept some stuff, like on Easter, we would do the egg cracking thing where you dye eggs red because of yeah. Jesus, and then you crack the eggs on top of one another, and... Also uh, because of Jesus? All, I guess. And uh, the last person with at least one, it's like the first egg to crack loses, and the last person with at least one undamaged side of an egg uh, wins. Good luck for the year. My mom always wins. I, I was going to say, doesn't your mom always <laughs> win always all wins. of those things? Yeah. Um, and uh, we do that. And like we would always make Greek food on, we would celebrate Greek Easter and make Greek food, which is on a different day than white people Easter, mm-hmm. and make uh, uh, Greek food. And we would do um, on like a Saturn out. When my aunt was dying, we like rang bells and did like some like Greek death traditions and so forth. Um so anyway, uh, so your family's Greek. My family's Greek. All of which is to say that like most of the knowledge that I have like comes from my own like research, mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately not as much from how I was raised. But I do feel like it's you know I've researched it a lot because it's my culture, um, and the like my like religious practices and whatever are like I describe myself as a Kelto Hellenic uh, polytheist. Um, because I love are, you. <laughs> thanks. Because uh, those are the cultures that I have access to. Um, anyway, uh, all of which is to say, from my perception, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey has done a lot of legwork for cultural accuracy. Mm-hmm. And that's just great. Like, all the places on the map are spelled, like, the ancient Greek spellings of it and so forth. Um, it takes place on, I've already forgotten the name of the island, but it's adjoining Ithaca. Uh, which so far, it's called Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So far, I can't find any ties to the Odyssey. We'll other see. Other than it starts out next to Ithaca. Um, and it's during the Peloponnesian War, which is, I don't know. The Odyssey is a myth. Um, it's like... What? What? The Odyssey is one of those things where by the time uh, Homer was writing it down, it was already an ancient, like, oral legend. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um... But that's one of the reasons that it's already made me cry is was like hearing the accents and so forth and like looking up the actors and seeing that it wasn't people like doing fake Greek accents. It was actual Greek people that made me really happy. Can I talk? Can we just go back and forth about things that we're enjoying about the game? Yes, it's such a good game. Um, it's, it's such a good game. Something that uh, sorry, re- something that really struck <laughs> me in the first uh, couple hours that I was playing it is um, 
I ended up having, well, I guess two things. I ended up having to just kind of go around this island because there's this mercenary system where you get um, hunted by mercenaries who are higher levels than you. And when you are underleveled, you basically just have to avoid them because you can't do anything about it. So uh, I ended up just like going and exploring the island because I had to keep circling around in order to avoid, um, the mercenary. It's so interesting to me because I, that first mercenary, Talos, I didn't have that much trouble avoiding him. He sort of stayed in one place while I did my thing. Well, it's because I accidentally aggroed him. Ah! Um, and then once you aggro him, he, he just, just like pursues follows you. you. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, very scary. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I accidentally wandered into the lum- lumberyard. That was my mistake. Sorry, Talos. Um... And then, uh, so I, I stumbled into this, like, burnt city. I do not remember what the city was called. Uh, yeah, um, it's a town. It's a village. I was just there. At a yeah, I, I stumbled into this town. burnt village, um, and there, there was this, uh, like, moral conundrum that, uh, was happening. Do you think it's okay if I describe the moral conundrum? Yeah, this happens in the first, like, four hours of the game. Okay, yeah, so. It hasn't come out yet, but it's... So, basically, this priest was, like, holding these, uh, four villagers, like, this family, um, I don't want to say hostage, but like they had, they had, there was this plague that was going through this. Them, yeah. yeah, imprisoning them. There's this plague that was going through this village, and they had burned all the other houses and burned all the other villagers except these four people, and they were going to kill them next. Um, and so you come up, and I'm playing as Cassandra, obviously, because yeah, because why would you why would I not? Says. Yeah, um, she's so beautiful. Uh, she's so perfect, she's so perfect her, and, and beautiful. I, she's my new best friend. I so, talk about so. You you have the option to either fight the priest and free the family or let the family be killed. But the way that this game does these moral questions is not so cut and dry because these these people are infected with this plague virus. Um, and they're like, we're feeling better already. Like, we'll probably could be better by tomorrow. And like the priest is like, these people are infected and they will spread this illness if you let the if you don't let me kill them. Um, and your decision actually does have consequences, and it is actually a moral dilemma, Mm -hmm. and that is such a huge shift from games that I've played, especially recently, like new games that I've played with Mass Effect Andromeda, which, when I had accidentally made the wrong decision and gone back and loaded a different save and made a different decision it had the exact same fucking outcome yeah that's with bullshit. no changes whatsoever just uh yeah it was just so frustrating that's so like is a bad game no it's not. a bad game but anyway i'm just saying like this the, the way that this game dealt with uh like choices. player choices is so good so far See, like it feels like it actually matters what i do yeah, and like how i do, do it yeah and there's a lot of replay value in that. And I know yeah. I'll be playing this game again. Um, I had a different experience of that. You, what did you choose? Yeah, what did you Curiosity. do? I chose to uh, kill the villagers. Interesting. I killed the priest and such because I the way that I stumbled into that quest was I didn't know it was a quest. I just happened upon these people saying, kill them. And it had the option to attack the guards. And so I did. <laughs> I didn't know it was a quest <laughs> before I stopped. That's kind of a great thing about this game is you can just accidentally stumble into shit. Oh um, yeah, there's an option where you where you can choose uh, explore or guided. Oh, I and, have explore. Um, Are you doing guided? I'm doing explore. I'm doing explore. Also, um, and that's the way it's meant to yeah, be. and you 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 can you have to like find things yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this way, things and aren't like pre laid out for you. On the map and so forth to be like, oh, go here. Like something's important here. What are y'all playing on? PS4. Sick. Yeah. Can I borrow when you're done? <laughs> 
Yeah. It's a digital it's copy. It's a digital copy, or I would say yes. Oh, okay. I'm you sorry. Should buy, you should buy it, though. It's you amazing. should buy it. Um, when I have money. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as you get money. Um, But, yeah, so I, I just stopped. I came in from, like, the side, because I was just, like, running around the island, fucking around. Because um, that's how I tend to do open world games. Like, I don't even use the horse. I just like climbing all over the place and the doing shit. The horse is so cute, though. The horse is great. Phobos is great. And you could choose one of three different horses that will mm-hmm. be Phobos, your horse. And uh, <laughs> so I just stumbled into that, and I didn't even know there was a moral conundrum. I just killed these motherfuckers, so I the villagers are free now. And then I refused payment because I'm being good as Cassandra. And the plague may spread on your the island as a result The plague may spread on my island, that. or they might actually be fine. Yeah, who knows, honestly. But I just, I got to have a really great conversation with uh, Phoebe, is her name right? Mm-hmm. Um, with Phoebe afterwards about the nature of death and how sometimes people that we love die and sometimes good people die. And that's just kind of the way that the world is. And there's nothing that we can really do about it besides accept it. So interesting. Um, Phoebe, I got to have Phoebe just go like, you're a hero, Cassandra, hooray. Yeah, she came up to me and she's like, but she was my friend. And I'm like, yeah, she sometimes had the our friends have to die. And, like, that has to be okay. And I just think that that, I, I don't know, that was just so good. No, that's good. so interesting. And it's so interesting that we've both played it and we stumped, we, just by the way we happened to, like, find that quest. Yeah. completely different experience. I just wandered in and just talked to the priest. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even talk to the priest. I just, the guy, the guys, like, aggroed me. Or maybe I snuck up and assassinated mm. them. I don't know. Whatever. I killed them. They aggroed you, implying that you're like an NPC that can get like pulled. That's I said it backwards. I thought it was funny. Um, but uh, yeah, interesting. So we'll see how my decision. Yeah, affects, I'm curious. Uh, the island. What the fuck is the name oh. of the island? Is bugging me. That I also can't gonna look that up. That's okay. Just you just Google it because you have your computer. It's okay. Hold Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Island. Why don't you just talk? Because I want to know the name because it's bothering me. Okay. It's why is this taking so long? Uh, Kel, Kefalonia. Kefalonia. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, yeah. Yep. That's, that's it. it. That's what it's called. So Kefalonia and Ithaca is one of the Kefalonian islands. Yes. Um, that was a statement, not a question. I um, I know. I was just agreeing oh, okay. with you. <laughs> agreeing with a geographical fact yeah um yeah so uh reason number two assassin's creed odyssey has already made me cry i had it okay it. oh it's just cassandra just generally cassandra no she's perfect she is the buffest female protagonist i've ever seen in a game that doesn't feel like she was designed by the male gaze like mm-hmm. she just feels she's like legitimately like her arms are huge. Yeah. She's so buff. She's so strong. She's so strong and like she's all scarred and fucked up from her work as uh Mistios, which is a merc- it literally translates to like salaried. So she's a mercenary. She like does work for hire. Um and uh her arms are massive and her legs are perfect and she doesn't feel like you know the like super buff like hulked out lady that still feels like she was designed by the male gaze with like mm-hmm. giant titties and stuff like i'm thinking yeah. of like lady hulk is an example um she does have giant titties she just have giant titties and that's just not how a human body with breast tissue works yeah. when it's that muscular you yeah. don't also have giant titties yeah. you can work out your chest muscles so your titties like are more prominent yeah but if you're like hulked out generally your breast tissue it doesn't there's like, like pectoral yeah, muscles your pectoral that are there muscles that almost like overwhelm your yeah. titties um 
Dude, my titties are feeling this pretty overwhelmed right now. Titty talk. Um, and Cassandra, like she's not, she's just a person. Like she's an extremely powerful and buff and perfect Greek woman, but she's also just a person. Uh, it, tied into that is that there is no boob armor. Uh, There's no boob armor. Yeah, I love it. The way that it. armor fits you, you get a chest plate, and it is bulky, and it is flat the way a chest plate is meant to be. Like, actually defensive. Yeah. The armor is legitimate armor. Yeah. My favorite thing about ancient Greece, um, as depicted in this game, and I think, as far as I know, is historically accurate, is that nobody really wears clothes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody wears, like, a kilt. Or I, I know there's a different name for it. I don't know it. Um, or, like, a tunic. Like, you meet some lady who's got basically, like, a cloth, like a titty cloth. Um, A lot of people, as far as I know, in ancient Greece, just walked, like, of varying genders, walked around shirtless anyway, because it's hot as fuck on the islands of Greece. Oh, yeah. Um, But it's, they didn't do that, because the game has respect. Uh, Yeah. As far as I can tell, the game respects women so far. Wild. We'll see if that continues. Yeah, we'll see if that continues. Um, It's just so great. Even, like, because when you're swimming as Cassandra, you can, like, you see, see her underwear, her yeah. But she's not wearing, like, improbably skimpy underwear the way that I would expect some games to do that. She's wearing, like, tidy whities They're, like, regular, modest underwear. Respectable underwear. Yeah, she probably wouldn't be wearing That's any a joke. underwear. All underwear is respectable. Yeah. Uh, she probably wouldn't be wearing any underwear in ancient Greece. I don't think they... We had ESRB underwear. has laws. Yeah, but you can't... Yeah, can't have your pussy out. And, unfortunately, genitals are sexualized yeah. in our society. Um, I just thought of that Aquafina lyric, eating nachos on the block with your pussy out. I think about that all the time. I yeah. think about Aquafina all the time. I love Aquafina I so she's much. I having a good day. Aquafina sextina? <laughs> no, we've, yeah. had, we've no. had this exact conversation before. The human real-life rapper Aquafina, who is in... Ocean's, Ocean's Eight and, and Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians. I didn't realize that was based on a. It wasn't based on anything a, separate. What are you talking about? Aquafina, yeah. Aquafina Sextina in Bojack Horseman, separate character. Okay. Real life human being Aquafina, rapper from the Bronx. Cool. Asian American rapper. She was in Crazy Rich Asians. She was in uh, Ocean's Eight. She's perfect. She's great. She raps good and she's queer. Um, anyway, that's been, that has been, the, I don't think we had that conversation on the podcast before. I think we just had no. it in real life. Yeah, we in real life. Have. No, you, it wasn't. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I want to keep talking. I want to talk. Cassandra's perfect. Yes. And she, yeah, again, she's, she's perfect and she's buff and she's beautiful. She's rough and tumble. In the first like five minutes of the game, she gets punched directly in the nose. Yeah. Like it's not glamorous and it's so great because you don't like. In properties starring women, like rough and tumble women, you don't. We've, I think we talked about this rough before. Rough and tumble women. You don't usually get to see them get fucked up, like Furiosa. Or get hurt at all? Yeah, yeah no. Furiosa is a rare example of a, a like strong female. Oh man, lead she gets real fucked up. Who gets so fucked up? Uh, it um, hurts me to think about. Yeah. And then, like in Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman is invulnerable, so there's like an in canon. I mean, she's like partially a goddess, like yeah. yeah. Um, but she doesn't even get like dirty. Like no. Gal Gadot looks like pristine throughout the entire yes. movie. Um, and she is Wonder Woman is not invulnerable to dirt. Um, Cassandra <laughs> is like if Wonder Woman was a real person, because she's so buff and she's like, she's just great, and I love her so much. Yes, and she's my buff. She's my new game girlfriend, and she can be incredibly queer. And she's gonna be so queer. That's the thing. I haven't even gotten to anything any gay stuff either. yet. I'm so excited. I want to talk about uh, queerness in ancient Greece. 
Okay. Go. I was just. <laughs> I I mostly I mostly um want to talk about like what we know about Sappho and what we understand about the concept of homosexuality back then because that's fascinating to me. So as we've talked about on the podcast before, right? Uh, homosexuality as an identity as well as heterosexuality as an identity are very recent constructs. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in ancient Greece, it was not a thing for people to be like, Oh, that person's gay, that person's straight. Um, a lot of it was based on like giving and receiving roles were more related to your position in society. And mm-hmm. they weren't always necessarily that like related to your position in society just because, you know, like, people like fucking and sometimes if you're rich enough or you know have enough social clout people can forgive you for taking it up the ass every once in a while um, <laughs> let's put that on a t-shirt <laughs> well i'd rather not because i want to normalize anal sex as opposed to stigmatize it further uh however like playing the space guy. This is so playing your anal space mm-hmm, playing my anal spew <laughs> you couldn't even finish that sentence. No. Um, so, it's not, just to be clear, I am not stigmatizing anal sex as a I know, concept. I, know. I am personally in no way interested in the practice. That's and that's and that's completely. That's fine. why I said ew, not because the concept is gross, because I do not. I thought you were it. saying ew about me playing in that your anal space. That also, I was saying ew was about the, that additionally. So let's. Well, that, that would also make sense since the whole concept. Of it, well, exactly. Yeah. Kind of passed on. Mm-hmm. So, let me get back to my original point. Anyway. Um, so, people would have sex that we would consider homosexual sex today. Like, men would have sex with other men. And something that is less explored and much less talked about because... I don't know if you two have heard about this, but um, we talk about men a lot. And we don't talk about women that much. Like in society? Like in society, oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. I don't mean you and I. We talk about women yeah. literally all the time. You do um, Yeah, but like, especially in historical context, we don't think about what women were doing. Right, which the answer is all of it. Mm-hmm, we were the whole just thing. having a conversation earlier during dinner about how women are better at literally everything. Like every damn thing. And non-binary people are obviously the best at every single thing. Right. So like, it, you Or know. you're terrible at everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Carrying on. Um, I'm a Virgo, so I'm good at everything, actually. Uh, but anyway, like, women were also, we think, like, having sex with other women. Um, well, Sappho definitely was. Especially before marriage, yeah. We don't know that much about Sappho. No, but we know. We know she was gay. We know that she wrote uh, poems and songs about being attracted to and in love with women. Mm-hmm. And so from that, we we can like, and, and there well, were so also, many discussions mm-hmm. that uh, other Greek people like had and rumors yeah. that were spread Most about Most of what her. we know about Sappho, so I want to, this is my field of expertise, is poetry. I don't know why I had to turn into an old Southern gentleman to talk I about it. I don't know why either, but I, I love I it. Um, so we don't, there is only one surviving complete poem of Sappho's. Um everything else that we have like all fragments all <laughs> let me talk please no all right all things that we have of sappho are fragments of larger poems uh it is unknown whether sappho wrote these down herself whether she was even literate or whether she was purely a because poets in ancient greece were 
primarily oral poets. Like they were lyric poets who would basically wander around and play the lyre and do poems to them. Um, and so is that pronounced lyre or lyre? I lyre is how I've always okay. I don't know, but I've always heard lyre. I don't know either. Um, it might be lyre. I don't know. Um, and. Uh, yeah, so Sappho, uh, everything you've ever read, if you've read Sappho, which you should, uh, specifically I recommend uh, Anne Carson's If Not Winter, which is her Sappho translation. And that's my favorite translation because I feel like it preser- it's, it follows like the translation philosophy that I like where it's preserving the lyricism over trying to transliterate the language. Um, and so we have primarily fragments and most of what we know about Sappho is based on other people mm-hmm. writing about Sappho and talking about Sappho. Um, people don't like her. She was pretty, uh, she was a social upstart, um, which feeds into the perception of her queerness and people did, there are some writings um, that people talk about. See the book that you're holding, Kai, I don't really like the biography they do of Sappho because it's so clearly written by a straight man to but me. this is a woman that's fine it's still it's okay it feels like it's written by a straight man that's fair it doesn't really talk about it like really the biography that they have in that book really glosses over any like yeah it does potential queers that book is a book is a translation done by a classics scholar and Mm -hmm. not by a poet is the way that i would describe it true um so it doesn't really get into the soul of what's going on to me um but um yeah, so there are writings that basically talk about Sappho's harem of women that she had, uh, which is just so choice. Um, and of course, it's all been filtered through uh, historical revisionism and scholars trying to erase her queerness also. Oh yeah, as well as uh, erase like her bisexuality as well. Right. Is, is like specifically bisexuality is something that people like, have done on both sides no totally and i think that uh yes her queerness i guess i meant like because they wouldn't have had the term bisexual Mm -hmm. like we don't know how her sexuality really functioned um as far as we know she was married um but like it was one of those it was a time when like you just got married it was a thing that you did for and marriage wasn't even necessarily for like love reasons no it was was primarily a political and um it's only very recently that marriage has become about like love yeah it's primarily a a political and economic decision Mm -hmm. to get married so it's it's a lot of married couples like uh, extramarital sex uh was Was very common very common in ancient greece and a lot of it was homosexual right um, and so it is completely possible. Or what we call homosexual. Yeah. So Sappho had like a school of girls mm-hmm. that she would teach. Not like, yeah, I mean, girls of varying ages, probably. They just say girls in most of the writings. She had like a school of like, she would I would teach, say women. Yeah, women. Like other poets that she would teach. Um, and a lot of her writings are about that. She had one specific like apprentice, basically. That a lot of her writings are about her. I thought um, she had three her, like, different apprentices that a lot of her writings were about. I guess it's three. So we can, I want to, I want to keep talking about, uh, homosexuality in ancient Greece, mm-hmm. actually, just kind of more generally than Sappho specifically. One of the main reasons why I went to reference Sappho in that conversation is, um, because the fact that two of our main words that like denote, uh, female sexuality or like, I don't know how to. Like not. 
we've described sapphic. So like the t- I mean the terms are lesbian and sapphic. Yeah, the terms are lesbian, lesbian and sapphic. Lesbian comes from the island of Lesbos. Like there are people who li- like if you live on and or are from the island of Lesbos, which is a real island in Greece, you are a lesbian. Um, and that's where that came from. And it is, Sappho was from the island of Lesbos. Yes, that is so correct. so it is her legacy, um, partially that has led to that term. And then also the more modern term, Sapphic, um, mm-hmm. to refer to, we've talked about it being uh, people who are not men attracted to people who are not men. Yes, because I feel like that term is more inclusive of bisexual mm-hmm. uh, people also. And pansexual um, and what have you. Yeah, I, I didn't mean female sexuality. I meant like, the way that that term has been derived to mean that, right, well, if we, that makes we sense. Just said what we yeah, said yeah, yeah, exactly. I just wanted to go back and make sure people know that I'm not. I don't think being... anybody would mistake you for meaning that. Okay, that's fair. Um, you have to trust your audience a little bit at this point. <laughs> that's that's fair. This is like our twenty fourth episode. Twenty fifth, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no idea. Um, but like the the way that sexuality functioned back then was fascinating. And I'm so curious to see, uh, to tie it back to the game, how Assassin's Creed Odyssey deals with that because I know that both of the um, main uh, protagonists can be with um, any other person that is a romantic option right. of any, any of gender. Ro- any of the romantic options, either of your protagonist's choices mm-hmm. can. And I find that fascinating in relationship to... Uh, the way that sexuality was in ancient Greece because there was no like homosexual or heterosexual or bisexual even like it was just like you you marry this like person and you can fuck all these people yeah as far as I understand that's how it yeah functioned I'll be curious to see because we know that that is the case with player characters I'll be curious to see if um that like, if you see any incidental queerness in the world. Yeah. Um, like, if you see any, quote-unquote, homosexual couples. Mm-hmm. Especially on Lesbos. Um, Kai was like, what if you meet Sappho? But Sappho lived, like, a hundred years before the game takes place. Yeah, I said, what if you meet the ghost of Sappho after that, which would be even more exciting yeah, that'd for be me, wild. I think. Um, so far, there are no supernatural elements in the game. So Not yet. We'll see if that happens. I mean, I would really like you there to be. But, like... Uh, Assassin's Creed, because I've never played an Assassin's Creed game before. I played like an hour of Assassin's Creed 2 years ago on my Mac. Um, I know that's a good game, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Like an hour on my Mac. um, And it was, my Mac was too slow or like the game was too glitchy and it just kept lagging and it was just unplayable. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Uh, So I just never played it. Um, So I've never played an Assassin's Creed game. Other than obviously the like whole conceit of the Assassin's. Is there like a, are there supernatural elements typically? Other than like you can see through your bird's eyes and that's not how that works. I feel like there's some supernatural elements in Assassin's Creed. I've played a fair amount of the series because my friend group when I was like 13 used to be obsessed with or whatever. And I vaguely remember reading, this is the worst source that I could ever give. I vaguely remember reading something online about people complaining about the series turning like supernatural or whatever because of some of the supernatural elements in it. But you have no... I have no real... <laughs> no actual details about that No actual details. However, just absolute rumor coming straight out of my mouth right now. But I would... I would not be surprised if you had some interaction with some deity or, like, some supernatural entity of some sort. 
you know? Yeah, so or far like, it's just like there are statues of the gods because there were statues of the gods everywhere in ancient Greece. Yeah. It was a very um, theistic society. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cassandra doesn't seem to give two shits about the gods so far. Um, so I'm curious if there will be... I'm very curious in general. I know I talked about how like so far it has nothing really to do with the Odyssey other than being set in ancient Greece and you're next to Ithaca. And it's a good title. Odysseus was the king of Ithaca. And um, Cephalonia, uh, 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 is that the name of the island? Yes. Was... In myth, like the the, the guy, you know, go, go on the spear quest for the temple. Have you done that quest? Yeah, I've done that quest. Yeah, <laughs> I just made a spear I really just motion. liked the, yeah, the, the uh, motions. That guy uh, started the bloodline of Odysseus, like mm. in legend. Mm. And Odysseus was from Ithaca. Yeah. Um, and he spent, the whole book is just Odysseus trying to get back to Ithaca, pretty Poor much. Poor dude. Um, actually, a lot of the book is him figuring out how to murder the suitors after he gets back to Ithaca. And a lot of it is Telemachus trying to figure out where his dad is. Um, the, Odyssey, the, uh, the Odyssey is less, like, um, linear than you sort of have been taught, I guess, when mm-hmm. you actually read a good translation of it. Sure. Aaron's been in the bathroom for, like, ten minutes. It has not been ten minutes. It's, it's been, been a long maybe time. five. It's been a while. It's fine. He's fine. Okay. Um, and uh, I'll be curious to see, like, how, if, if, they just call it Assassin's Creed Odyssey to evoke ancient Greece, and they just mean Odyssey in the in the way that that word just means like a grand voyage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know you get a bu- a big ship, especially a boat. A but then I just had a flash of boat people getting mad at me. I don't know if we have listeners <laughs> that are boat people, but it's a ship. You get a ship. No, that's fair. Um, and uh, I'll be curious to see if it has anything to do with the Odyssey. Like you, so far a guy is hunting you called the Cyclops, but he's like a bounty yeah. hunter. And I wonder if they'll do more stuff because, like, the cycl- the story of the Cyclops happens pretty early on in the story of the Od- in the chronology of the Odyssey. Just like it's happening early on in the game. Yep. So I'll be curious to see. I would love that if it was a bunch of just like tongue in cheek like yeah. references to the Odyssey, where they like make it like mundane mortal explanation. Like that would be so good of the things that happen in the Odyssey. Yeah, um, which would be really interesting with like Caribidus and the. Uh, which is the um, cyclone mm-hmm. and the cilia, which is the big monster that eats the people off of Odysseus's ship. Um, I'll be curious to see if they do the supernatural stuff, if it has anything to do with the Odyssey at all, if they'll do the supernatural stuff or uh, if they'll do stuff like the Cyclops is a bounty hunter who is one I named the Cyclops. Yeah. Um, it might be a literal Cyclops. We don't know yet. We actually have no idea. Um, uh, I just read the Odyssey. If any, I think I might have talked about this, but yeah. I just finished reading the Odyssey like a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. A really good translation of the mind. Odyssey. Um, I'm excited to see what parallels you can tie in. Um, to bring it back to like just talking about the game, also it's is an game. what it's an amazing game. It's such a good game. Uh, it was <laughs> so I I. I want to talk about like the mechanics of it a little it bit. Feels because so it feels so good. Feels very good. That's, I want to, to talk play. about that. Yeah. Um, I really am appreciating. I 100 percent have not played an Assassin's Creed game in a very long time, so I don't know if this is like something that is in the series now, uh, where you just like press a button and and like move the controller to like climb. It's and, so like, jump fun. Around. Yeah, I was going to talk it's, about that. Like an open world game in contrast to. Um, Breath of the Wild, which mm. is a fantastic game, open world game, but how exploring, I don't know why I said that word weird, exploring in, uh, exploring, exploring in Odyssey feels so good because you don't, like I get 
the like mechanic of wanting to have a stamina mechanic for climbing or like wanting to have your weapons break down. But because that doesn't, or like whatever, because that doesn't happen in Odyssey, mm-hmm. you can just climb. Like if you see a thing, you can climb it. You yeah. just can, and you know you can right from the get go. Oh, climbing is a big part of Assassin's Creed. Is part of it, too. and it's so. But in this, it's just so fun. And the land, like one of the reasons that I've cried that I want to talk about, reason number three, is it's so beautiful. It's just so pretty. It's a gorgeous game. It's gorgeously <laughs> rendered. Um, the opening shot is like your bird who's an eagle named. I thought he was a hawk. He's an eagle. She says oh. eagle. Uh, named, and he has that little, like, like eagles do. Oh, yeah, um, eagles make dumb little noises. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'll help you. Call me out if you're wrong, if I'm wrong, but I'm it's pretty certain. It's a hawk in Origins, is what you're thinking of. It's an eagle in Odyssey. In Origins? Yeah, the one that's in Egypt. Why are you acting like you've never heard oh, of that game Oh, before? my God, <laughs> I was thinking Dragon Age Origins no. for some reason. I was like, you okay? What? Uh, no, Assassin's Creed Origins. We're uh, talking about Assassin's Creed. Icarus. Icarus! That's the bird's name. Uh, and it's Icarus, like, flying over the Aegean Sea, and, like, it's just this beautiful sweeping thing, and there's this, like, Greek, sweeping Greek music happening. Yeah. Um, it's just so pretty. And like I said, like, the attention to detail is so good. Everything feels so, it just feels so it's good. It's a good, good game so far. They're not Explore. making you collect feathers again. No, no, not okay, to my knowledge. Good. Yeah, that so far I haven't. I haven't run into any collectibles. It's Ubisoft Montreal specifically. Yeah, uh, I think that's yeah, it's always who do Assassin's Creed. Creed. Everything been notorious for sorry I tedious bullshit. Yes. yes, so far there's no tedious bullshit in this game. Yeah, knock and on one fucking of the wood. things like when this game was first announced and we were talking about it, like mm-hmm. there were several things that are like eight things that are different about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and one of the things was like. It's it's open world and it's more about exploration and it's and story than previous Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. games, um, and that the combat is supposedly different in this one. The combat feels really good, also. It does. It um, took me a little bit to get the swing of things, the, hey, but the, like uh, it was it was it was kind of hard to figure out like what buttons to press in what order, like to do certain things, um, and how to dodge was really hard for me at first. Um, because you like hold the button down for extended dodge, and that was weird for me for some reason. But once you get into it, it's so much fun. It the combat feels, and a lot of the like jumping around, climbing around mechanics actually feel very similar to um, Shadow of Mordor mm. uh, and Shadow of War, the Lord of the you know Middle Earth games. Um, that's the game that I've played most recently that I can think feels most similarly mm-hmm. to it. In that it's just in Shadow of Mordor, it's the same thing where you can just run around and you can climb anything, and the fighting feels so good. That game is all about fighting because the plot doesn't matter because you know how it ends. The Lord of the Rings yeah. happens. You, you know um, what happens maybe in the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you you, uh, should, you ought to know what happens in the Lord of the I Rings. I want to go back now. and say there. I have not seen any like feathers that you have to collect. However, there are resources that you can collect, and I am a slut for resources so i have gone around and collected a lot of resources so far as a completionist i am a completionist Uh, but yeah you can collect resources to like upgrade your shit and um craft arrows and like engrave stuff basically that like augments its stats Mm -hmm. um but you don't so far like have to do that you might if you play in like nightmare mode what are you doing (laughs) i'm a little hot yeah okay aaron was making like what I would describe as butthole mouth face. <laughs> Very <great>. good. Um, 
Uh, yeah, so you don't have to do that tedious bullshit, but if you're into that sort of thing, you can. Yeah, which is nice that it gives you kind of uh-huh. the option. Um, and you definitely don't have to do the tedious bullshit in order to upgrade your weapons or, like, make more arrows or things like that. Yeah, you can find arrows. I think you do have to collect the resources to upgrade your weapons. Yeah, but, like, you don't have to do it like I'm doing it, which is every to... single resource that I can get my sneaky little gay hands on. Yeah, the way that, again, the way that Kai's plays video games is... Terrible to watch. Is a very specific way that they play video games that is not the way that I or a lot of people play video games. I have crippling uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. And it comes out in very odd ways. Like needing to pick up every iron and kill every go in Assassin's Creed I have to pick up every iron um, and all of the trash off the floor. Yeah. Um, Kai will like compulsively clean up after you like while you're still using things sometimes yeah, it's um it's a little horrifying it's, it's like living with a Roomba um <laughs> Think a very cute Roomba uh-huh so that's one thing that about Assassin's Creed Odyssey it's great is it feels amazing to play the combat yeah. is really fluid the running around and exploration also it has a built-in excellent mechanic where uh, you always get damage from falling, but it will not kill you. And there's also a um, a skill that you can yeah, get you later can on. Yeah, you can upgrade later at like level 15 or some shit where you uh, don't get any damage yeah, from Yeah, which falling. is very cool. I think it's 20. Yeah, which is that, it just makes games more fun to, ex- like, yes, realism, fine, whatever. But for me, it makes games way more fun to explore when it takes some of that pressure off of you. Yeah. Like, you know your weapons aren't going to break down, and you know you're not going to die if you jump off this giant statue of Zeus. Well, that whole jumping thing is, like, a big thing in Assassin's Creed or whatever, where you can jump off shit, and, like, it's cool. Yeah, if you, like, land in a hay Yeah, like, you're fine. Or whatever. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think it's been a very long time since I've enjoyed Assassin's Creed. Um, because I don't really care about the overarching plot where you like, uh, the, oh gosh, what, the Animus? <laughs> the, the Animus? I don't know. I think is this what is the called. first Assassin's Creed game um, I've ever played. I don't care about that. I don't care. I didn't care like about the Templars and whatever. Like I, I didn't care. Yeah, I don't uh, really care about that. All the of my friends narrative. cared so much, but like this is just a fun game. Yeah. And I can just get into the like the plot that I view is the real plot, which is, like, Cassandra's story. Yeah, the, like, the, like, the plot and not the, like, frame narrative. Yeah, not the weird frame happening. narrative. Like, you start with these two lesbians. Yes, I thought so, too. Yeah, these two dykes, I think, in a room, and one of them's like, we got the spear! Well, you actually first start as King Leonidas, uh, which I feel like is to, like, hook the, you know, Proud Boys, not the Proud Boys, that's not the word I'm looking for, the, like, gamer bros and be like oh it's like 300 and then it's like no you're gonna to teach you combat that too and that's <laughs> the tutorial level you're playing as uh leonidas mm-hmm. uh and the fight uh at thermopylae and uh for seemingly no reason at all maybe it'll come that's back cool up. um because your ca- you your character cassandra alexios is like a secret spartan that like fled sparta and is now um uh in the island which the name keeps... I keep wanting to say... Catalonia. Catalonia. I keep wanting California. to say... California. California. I keep wanting to, say, wanting to say Caledonia, which is just is the like Latin name for Scotland, which is, it's not that. No. Um, and uh, yeah, Catalonia. She like comes to Catalonia. So like I'm very excited to experience this story about like a, a young upstart street urchin who's like turning into this mercenary and then we'll have this great hero's journey, presumably. Yeah. Um... And it's um, one of those things like with Shepard where 
playing as Cassandra makes it feel more meaningful because it's like a excuse me kick-ass woman beating the odds oh, I love it when it's kick-ass women and not just like another handsome dude does a thing the most beautiful woman in the world does a thing I'm very excited for the game to continue because I know that there are aspects where Athens is at war with Sparta or like well it's taking place at the start of the Peloponnesian War. well you, I mean was, like there's there's like gameplay like choices that you can make you can that make affect like, that yeah, and you can like, like take sides yeah you can take sides that's what Sparta I mean when I say that, that. yeah because um, it's yeah the Peloponnesian War was a war betwixt Athens and Sparta in for how Shakespearean of you see thanks I do Shakespeare incredible chew it over with betwixt uh-huh chew it over with a betwixt um no so I'm really excited to see because it feels like there's going to be a lot more oh man it feels like there's going to be a lot of gameplay mechanics that just keep getting added but mm-hmm. not in an overwhelming way but in just an like engaging in way, way yeah. like if they did fable 3 good is how i feel about it because okay. like fable 3 you start off as like a hero that's just like doing regular hero things and then eventually you have to become the king of albion and then you're also a real estate investor because you have to purchase all the real estate in the entire like country in order to be able to afford to save the world oh, i was um, like do you have to or do you kai have to you like you kind of have to oh, okay, not just me kai um me kai but like you <laughs> me <laughs> hannah <laughs> So, um, fuck, you, there was such a dumb joke and it was very funny to me for some reason. Uh, but like, Fable 3, I enjoyed, but like, it it would be like if they did Fable 3 better. Notoriously not a very good game. Yes, it'd be like if they did Fable 3 better. Like they, you, you start off as this like small regular person. Um, still like a hero, like she's seen some shit judging by all her numerous scars, but, and she's extremely powerful. And I cannot get over how huge her arms are. They're so big. They're so big. And it's, it's so powerful. I just like, she came on screen. I was like, that's the most powerful Mm -hmm. woman I've ever seen in my life. I know. Um, But anyway, so like, I love her. You start off as this like small town hero and then you suddenly, and then like things escalate. Later you're going to conquer Greece. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who Um, knows? Gonna and that would just be so cool. And do you know how much we lost? We didn't lose anything. Oh, we didn't lose anything. Great. Uh, we just had a, a, a technical issue. Are we recording again right yeah, now? We're okay, great. We're back. Yeah. Uh, we have a small technical issue. Right. Okay. I, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. I am feeling ready to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even does gotten that, through the other. Does that mean hi? No, I'm completely sober. I did not take any drugs. Here's, okay, I've done, I'm going to see if I can do it. I did three three reasons why it made me cry. Um, I actually really wanted to talk about this. Oh, okay. Uh, This is something that you might have missed if you weren't paying attention to the, like, preloaded, the, like, when you hit start game and then the, like, stuff comes up that's, like, Ubisoft presents before it gets to the actual, um, you know, beginning of the game. Yeah. Uh, The first thing that comes on screen is just, like, white text on a black background says, like, this game, basically says, like, this game was made by a group of diverse humans. With like diverse like identities and beliefs. Mm-hmm. That's come before every every Assassin's Creed. Really, that's so cool. Since the very first one. Because that's so it, cool. Because it's always relied so heavily on this idea of like clashing religions and uh-huh. uh, and like cultures around the world. Sure. That they wanted to, from the very first game make that a, a, a big point. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. I've again, I've never played an Assassin's Creed game, so that was really cool for me to see. Oh yeah. You don't see that. I've never seen that in, in any game. Well, you um, don't see it. Ever. You don't see it. Yeah, you just don't see it. 
so that was really cool. That's number four. Um, uh, the music is number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very like sweeping, and I'm a sucker for sweeping music, but it's also like all in Greek, uh, and they like with like bazookies and like lyres and stuff. Like it's very like Greek sounding music. It reminded me of this group that I kind of forgot about. Uh, till today called Daemonia Nymph, which is like or Daemonia Nymphae, which is like a Greek Gothic folk group. Cool. They're really cool. And I was listening to them while I made dinner because I sort of forgot I really liked them until I was listening to the opening song. I was like, oh, it sounds like Devonian and Nymphae. Um, and that's... Five. Five. Uh, number six, I know I've talked about like all the actors are Greek or whatever. All the like, I'm assuming they do this in other Assassin's Creed games. I don't know. But all the like NPC side conversations that you're not involved in are all in Greek. Yes. Which I think is such a cool I love touch to like flesh out the world. I'm sure they're saying interesting things if you speak Greek. I don't know any Greek, so I don't know if they're speaking ancient or modern Greek because they are different. Um, and it's so interesting, too, because, like, Greek is obviously the root of so many languages that, mm-hmm. like, if you speak a, uh, like, a romance language or, like, a Greek-derived language, you can, like, catch words that are cognates to, like, Spanish, for instance. Yeah. Uh, that's number six. Uh, number seven, um, the ocean is really, really scary. <laughs> Like, I don't like dark water that you can't see the bottom of. I know. And this. you have to swim in a lot of that so far in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, making me cry because it's very scary. Uh, and I dove into the ocean. You, there's this quest where you have to, like, fight a shark to get a necklace. It's yeah. a fucking great game. It is. You have to fight a shark. I love sharks. I don't want to fight them. But it's really cool in a video game. Uh, and I dove into the water. And I, like, looked down. And I was like, oh, I legitimately don't like that. That's wild. At all. It's like when I was playing Andromeda. And every time I don't like space for the same reasons. Like I like space conceptually, obviously well documented. But it freaks me out. That and the like big dark bodies of water freak me out for the same reasons. Um, And uh, what what? Uh, Just just a game recommendation in general. Um, If you can handle, or if you love being spooked by giant empty water, is. Oh man, Subnautica is what oh, it's yeah. called. I the entire never... plot of the game is you are like alone in deep dark water. Yeah, that, I will never I, play I'm Subnautica. I'm fine with like good water, but that freaks me out. I would never, I will never ever ever play Subnautica. Uh, it was the same thing where in Andromeda when you like zoom in I to hate different that. I hate star systems that. or whatever. You it like zoom through the vacuum nauseous. of space. And it, it just makes me anxious. Like looking into that, like the ocean in Assassin's Creed Odyssey when you're in it just makes me like, huh, huh, huh. Uh, so that's really scary. That's number seven. Mm-hmm. Um, oh fuck. I hope I have, I hope I can come up with that. I bet you can. Uh, my idea behind this bit was to not plan it. Cause I thought the idea behind the bit was to not actually have 10. <laughs> it might be. That's six, right? That's seven, dude. Is that seven? The scary ocean? I, I think, think that's six. seven. Whatever. I don't, it's I don't seven. know. It's six. It's seven. <laughs> um, you are going to be gay at some point and that's really great. Yeah. Really that's really great. That. That's number eight. I think. Um, you might meet our mom, Sappho. We're def- probably not going to do that. But you might meet You're our mom, probably though. Probably not going I to. I want to meet Sappho so bad. I know, Kai, but it's just probably not going to happen in this game. Uh, the whole it's gonna it's gonna be okay. Yeah, no. Kai, Kai. Uh, I think I only have eight things. I've re- legitimately, all joking aside, I have already cried during playing this game. That, oh, I'm just a sucker for this kind of thing. That opening shot, like, sweeping over the islands of Greece and the Aegean Sea with the sweeping music. That kind of shit just gets me. And oh, I yeah. Cried. Um, so that's probably enough for our episode, which is actually top eight reasons that Assassin's 
we think top eight we think reasons that assassin's creed odyssey has already made me cry um you can stream us Mm -hmm. uh you can download us go to itunes type in if it's gay we play Uh in the search bar and hit subscribe uh if you like it Give us a, throw us a rating. If you we hate love it, a rating. throw us a rating. We love a rating. Uh, if you are like, hey, I like that podcast so much. I bet the hosts are friendly. I want to talk to them. Uh, pop on over to Facebook. You can like our page. Uh, type into the search bar at G-A-Y-G-A-M-E-R-Z, Gay Gamers uh-huh. with a Z. Um, you can like our Facebook page. You can send us messages. Our friend of the show, AJ, we message back and forth with them for a little while now. Uh, so we will actually answer if you want to, you know, say We hey. do answer. We will uh, talk to you. If you want to be like, hey, I wonder what their gaming setup and house and cat look like, uh, go on over to at gay gamers on Instagram. And you'll see all of those things. And you'll see all those things from time to time. Or because we haven't cool... talked about this in a while, but Hannah and I do live together. Yeah. Uh, and with two other humans and one cat. Yes. Um, and the cool, like, photoshopped images of me in various video games that Kai makes to promote our beautiful show. I love them so Um, much. and if you're like, hey, I for some reason have a Twitter, go over to Twitter and type in at Gay Gamers. I post on Twitter sometimes for us because uh, I still am on Twitter. Yeah. And, um, if you're like, hey, I really want to write you a letter. Uh, if it's gay we play at gmail.com uh-huh those are all the places you can find us facebook instagram twitter at gay gamers uh gmail if it's gay we play uh on your favorite podcast app searching if it's gay we play check out the other shows on the network stick poke productions by going to stickpokeprod.com um other shows on the network include encyclopedia and this is grandma's house which are shows about like what makes people the way that they are basically and why people like the stuff that they do which is what our podcast is really about <clears throat> at the end of the day. At the end of the day. Um, Aaron, do you have anything else to add? What was uh, just keep still keep keeping your ears to the ground about uh, spatial. It is on the way. Yeah. Spatial's coming. And yes. also, here's another thing. If you are listening, so I'll just, real quick, Spatial is going to be a podcast that is going to be coming out on the network about how geographic, about using geographic data, um, and sociological information um, together to deal with societal issues, um, cultural issues, and specifically what we can do about it. Um, So if you have any information or any leads on things that are geographically based social problems or um, like things of interest, uh, send uh, an email to stickpokeprod at gmail.com and Mark and I will take a look. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you'd like to help research at all by any uh, any chance you'd like to help research for that kind of stuff, also send an email because uh, we could probably use a research assistant because every night I come home and Mark says, well, I thought I was almost done with the episode and then I did two more hours of research. So um, any, any little thing would help. So shoot us a line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm very excited about spatial. I yeah, think me that's too. Gonna be a rad thing. Um, that's probably enough words from us. We're going to go finish watching Mean Girls. Keep playing gay. And keep being games. And fuck shit up. Goodbye. Goodbye.